We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> you're Steph. Uh, you're Robin. And we're talking about – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, we're just finishing up season two, and it was an awesome season. Yeah. Some great Smallville here. Uh, we're talking about – oh, gosh. I watched you so long ago. <laughs> Witness. Uh, accelerate. Um, calling. Calling. And – Exodus And I won't make another Bob Marley joke I'll just move on Witness um, We got so much to talk I have 10 pages of notes for tonight So we really need to get into this <laughs> Okay All right, so Witness Witness This is the one with the other tool time kid Yep <laughs> This is pretty much it I, I wrote the one where Clark fights the other kryptonite enhanced home improvement kid <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, um, uh, the last appearance of Henry Small. <laughs> how about what? how about that plot, huh? <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. And honestly, I've I looked all over my my book, uh, Smallville trivia sites that I've gone to. There's no mention of why. I just assumed they got bored with it and decided to move on. <laughs> Because, wow. yeah, uh, it turns out that uh, Henry and Jennifer uh, have been fighting because Jennifer is, uh, you know, Henry's paying a bit too much attention to Lana and, and not enough attention to his real family. And um, and apparently uh, Jennifer has been seeing a lawyer and, uh, and talks – yeah, and she talks about Lana all the time. <laughs> And um, I mean, this is not the first female that just looks at Lana this episode and is like, "You win, Lana. You can have him. You can have my man." <laughs> um, because yeah, it's very, very much like Chloe in a weird way. This the whole plot. Like people are just in love with Lana so much that uh, they just ignore all of their responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Lana ends up breaking up with Henry and, uh, and just, and yeah, um, I did find a bit of trivia that basically says Henry Small is never seen or referred to ever again. (laughs) Like they don't even talk about him. That's so weird. We thought, you know, know, because where, because, uh, because Lana cannot live with Chloe forever. No. I mean, it just made sense that she was going to have this new family. Right. Her her dad and whatever. But yeah, Jennifer. that was so weird. I'm going to let you go and you go uh, spend time with your family. And once your marriage gets – you fix your marriage, then I'll be here. And the, and the sad thing is it's like there's not like a plot where like – they're, that family moves away or anything. They're still in Smallville. Mm-hmm. He just never talks to Lana ever again. <laughs> he just chooses Jennifer over his child. Yes, over his his responsibility. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, um, yeah. So, like I said, there's that, and then there's Clark uh, saying that she feels like he feels like uh, he's cheating on Chloe when he's hanging out with. Uh, Lana, and then Chloe dumps him, and um, 
Yeah. Well, witness Clark witnesses the uh, the the truckload of meteorite. Oh, it's kryptonite. Stolen. Kryptonite. Okay, kryptonite. And Lana witnesses Jennifer meeting with her lawyer. Yes. Yeah. Old. Can I get a witness? Night. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then there's the whole thing about uh, the equestrian show that's happening. So we have a couple of horses in the picture, by the way. There's a lot of confusion because L- Lana was taking care of Tyson, and then Tyson was ill, and then Tyson was healed. And mm-hmm. now, now she's now she's riding around on Donatello, and I'm like, where are these horses? Well, I think Donatello is her horse, but right. Tyson was uh, Whitney's, Whitney's horse. So are they both being kept at um, the Kent farm? And why aren't we seeing them more often? <laughs> I mean, obviously we know why. It's hard to just kind of why would you have a horse in the background if you're not going to use it, you know? So they wouldn't want to pay for a horse to constantly be around or two horses. Yeah. But. Well, like, I don't under- She was boarding her horse. Her horse was some. Donatello was somewhere before Tyson came along. Right. So I don't Where was I Tyson? Know. Yeah, where was he? Uh, there's also... It's funny because, you know, a lot of these trivia sites that I go to, they get really nitpicky. And episode after episode, they've been saying... Where's Lana's vehicle? How is Lana getting places? <laughs> and I'm just assuming that she's riding riding Donatello around <laughs> wherever she goes. Because you never see her driving a car or, you know, and if she's in a car, she's like riding with Chloe. Like, is Chloe giving yeah. her rides everywhere? Yeah, I mean, because she's a busy girl because she's running a freaking business. Yeah. She should be able to afford a multi-business. A car. Business. Chloe is so. unemployed and she gets a brand new VW. <laughs> Of course, Daddy probably got that for her. with all that uh, kickback from the uh, shareholders with uh, L- Luther Corp or LexCorp mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so, yeah, we should talk about uh, the other home improvement kid, Zachary Ty Bryan. Um, he was in – I didn't remember this, but he was in the Buffy episode Help. <laughs> I did not remember okay. that. Yeah. He was also yeah. – um, uh, in Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, he like races mm. with the main character in the beginning, and uh, now he's Lucas Black from Alabama. That's right. Yeah, I like him. Um, he's now a writer, um, father of three, and co-owner of the popular Hollywood sports bar, Big Wangs. Big oh, Wangs. God. So yes, <laughs> that's what he's up to. So. <laughs> Well, it's good to know yeah. that we know where he is. Yeah. Uh, also, I noticed in this episode that he drives a 2001 Red Ford Mustang, and I know this because I used to have one. <laughs> it was the most stupidest investment I've ever had because, you know, it was uh, rear-wheel drive, and I live in Vermont, and it was a <laughs> convertible ragtop. Like, <laughs> dumb. It's an Alabama car, not a Vermont car. Yes, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we got uh, crypto inhalers. We got basically kryptonite performance enhancers, and um, and oh, and kind of a continuing continuation from insurgents, where we're wondering, 
what's going on with Lionel and these uh, kryptonite bricks, these re- refined meteor rockets, I say. Um, and it looks like, uh, you know, we find out a little later about what's going on with that, but, or at least one of the uses is to end up making this key. Um, but we find out about that later. Also, they kept referring to the truck that was heisted by Eric and his friends. And every single time I kept yelling at the screen, it was a van. <laughs> that was not a truck. <laughs> uh, also, I how little of a conscience that Eric has. Like, Clark catches them with the kryptonite bricks and, you know, discovers that they are the ones that held up that van. And, uh, you know, that's why Eric has, you know, all these powers. But um, he solves the problem by just taking Clark and throwing him in a giant furnace. <laughs> like, what the hell? And we, uh, you know, I, I just like, you know, it, it's kind of an overreaction to me. <laughs> like, let's yeah. totally murder this guy. <laughs> um, but we do get a bit of uh, uh, the guy from Property Brothers is back to uh, double for Clark's backside. <laughs> Wait, his backside? Why, why do you say that? You don't remember when he came out of he walked out of the furnace, and uh, you see him from behind, and the, he, oh. like the fire is flickering just enough to cover his butt. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. How did you not see that? How did I miss that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so torn about Tom Welling. He is so beautiful, but mm. he's so young. Mm. Like I'm so old. Like I shouldn't be like. Ooh, Tom Welling, Clark Kent is so handsome. He is so handsome, but he's such a baby. Yeah, but you just kind of think of it like, well, if I was around the same age as him at this point, then... Yeah, he would so be my type. Yeah, and so you got to realize that this was like many, many years ago. Like right now, he is... uh, Yeah, he is my age. He is, yeah. (laughs) Practically. Yeah, I think he's 40, 40, 41. Showing a little salt and pepper in his hair. He is so big. Yeah. He, I, I can't wait to watch Lucifer, to see him on Lucifer and see exactly what he looks like. Because you can't really see much about him in those pictures or the video from the um, from uh, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. Like, I want to get a good look at him. Right. But he looks huge. Mm. Um, he, he, I think he kind of bulks up a bit as we're we move along. I mean, in the last couple of seasons of Smallville, I know he's pretty bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have the very first meeting of Lionel and Chloe in this episode. Very interesting. <laughs> okay, is this where Chloe's where the where the torch gets broken into? Um, uh, let's see. I just wrote in my notes. Chloe takes pics of the sleeping driver. Lionel is there, and uh, he knows she was connecting the truck to Luther Corp. And what was in the truck? And he's like, and, and Lionel is telling her there's no mystery there. Oh, oh, so he first meets her in the hospital, sleeping driver. Oh, okay. He's, he's out. Um, so is is this where we start to get the the crazy teased up Chloe hair? Yeah, I, I'm figuring the dark highlights are to reflect. Uh, the uh, the darkness creeping into her soul <laughs> in these last see, I episodes. didn't see any dark ha- highlights. I just see where it's kind of teased up in the back. Hmm. It's different. It's yeah. not soft and cute. 
Hmm. It's kind of uh, harsh. And I think we're seeing a, you know, I think it's a hint into where she's going. Yeah. Character-wise. She could be a super villain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that when the, the torch is in ruins, and I guess this was Eric that caused this problem. Um, but, you know, there's also, you can also theorize that maybe Lionel somehow, like, paid him off to do that in order to get Chloe into his uh, clutches, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's just so much. There's so many Luthers breaking into things and tearing rooms up. Yeah. Like, there's uh, such. There's so much alike in that way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I love that when we go, we see like the torch in shambles, and somebody even has has shoved a pair of scissors into Chloe's trusty iMac. <laughs> like at the top, there's just this pair of scissors just shoved into it. Um, and, and we also get the you know like Eric kind of teases Clark about it, and then says something like, "What about your parents? You know, your parents are vulnerable too." And he runs back, and we find like Jonathan and Martha just like pinned, taped, yeah, like they're like I was thinking, I was I imagine like spiders in a web, <laughs> yes, sort of. And Jonathan's just like your mother. <laughs> um, so. Oh yeah, this is where I wrote my notes that Clark confronts Lex about this because he's wondering if uh, uh, the the you know Eric and his boys are working for Lex or anything like that. And Lex calls uh, what they're using uh, Meteor Rock, and I was like, God damn it! There's Lex. Lex doesn't know it's Kryptonite, so I gotta still keep referring to things by Meteor Rock now and then. But uh, yeah, because <laughs> doesn't uh, Pete say something and? And, and Clark That was last week Yeah Clark she, He says Meteor Rock And Clark corrects him And says Kryptonite And he's like uh, With a C or a K He says a K <laughs> <laughs> uh, So yeah That is a big fight And Clark ends up Using his other powers Because Jonathan tells him Like Hello You have heat vision And super speed And So Yeah I wasn't crazy About this episode It's alright um, a week. Uh, Lionel visits the torch and he says Luther Court Foundation is rebuilding and updating the journalism department and he's impressed with her interest in alternative ideas and maybe I can get you a column of the Daily Planet. Let's make history together. And I just wrote a note to myself to turn to page 93. I have a few of these. I got too lazy to transcribe things. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Um... This, the, by the way, the first episode of the Chloe Chronicles aired the same night. Um, and, uh, yes, John Glover says, I was very excited when I found out there was going to be a juicy arc with Chloe and Lionel. Allison's work <laughs> on the show fascinates me, and I figure I'd be able to learn a lot from her. She's still forming as an actor, not restricted by a lot of rules, and I'm trying to figure out how to break a lot of rules I've learned over the years. We've had a blast working together, uh, or we have a blast working together. She's got a great sense of humor, too. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So it's, he's kind of like, yeah, she's green, but like, I'd like I to be greener. I can learn from her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, best needle drop of the episode, All American Rejects, classic song, Swing Swing, plays during one of the school hallway scenes. Be dropping that on the because Lionel, Lionel and Chloe are d- very different. Because Lionel just 
just chews the scenery and talks like in mm-hmm. and, and Chloe uh you know speaks very fast and that da, 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 uh, and well, Chloe's great yeah rhythm and Chloe's great cuz she'll give it right back to Lionel she's not intimidated yeah. by him right yet uh <laughs> but the the cool thing is like like we're almost at the end of the second season and it's the first meeting of Chloe and Lionel and in a couple episodes, we have the first meeting of Pete and Lionel. <laughs> like, they haven't met before? Nope. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the ghost story, Accelerate, our Halloween episode. <laughs> well, actually, it was broadcast in May of 2003. I was going to but... <laughs> say, it's almost at the end of the season, but it could have been, they could have rearranged yeah. the episodes. Um, I don't know. But... We, were, we were getting very close in this episode so between Clark and Lana. So um... Yes, because in, at the very beginning when they're at the movie theater sitting <gasps> in front of Evangeline Lilly. <laughs> yeah. Watching House on Haunted Hill, by the way. Yeah. What, I, what I want to know is, tell me about the schedule for this movie theater. How often is this movie theater open? Is it open every weekend? Is it just open for special occasions like Halloween? Like what? What? I think she does says a special like movie night. It always seems like there's some sort of like monster night or whatever. She, I, I bet she like she just runs it as a coffee shop for, you know, the whole week and maybe a Saturday night she or Friday or Saturday night that she opens up the movie theater. I don't know. Gosh, she's just. Amazing. She is. She's an amazing fifteen year old. <laughs> I wish I could be long. Hey, hold on. She's six productive. she's sixteen. She's sixteen. Okay. Sixteen. <laughs> Not much difference, but I love that yeah, exactly. All her friends show up to watch this movie with her and uh yeah, we have Lana grabbing Clark's hand and of course we have to get a reaction shot from Chloe. Uh mm. are, how how are you feeling about all that, by the way? Are you is it still like you're you're liking it? Yes, the it triangle? is time. It is time. Oh, uh, the triangle? The triangle. Yeah. Um, it, they're building on the finale from season one. Yeah. Like, yes, in the premiere of season two. Yes, Clark broke Chloe's heart. It was it was terrible. But this is, is building on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh... This has been going on since, uh, well, since the beginning of the series. But um, yeah. I mean, in the first episode of the season, Chloe was like crying over Clark. So I can imagine if you're watching this live, it's like, oh boy, come on, pick somebody. Yeah, and Clark shouldn't be like sh- he shouldn't deny his happiness for Chloe. Right. Yes, she's, but he's put in a position where she is his friend Mm -hmm. and he is um, hurting his friend. But yeah, it's just a bad situation all the way around. It is. I, you know, and, and on top of it all, Clark isn't the most honest person. And so that gets kind of misconstrued as, you know, he's not being honest for, you know, reasons. He's not being honest with his best friend. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, these guys are all friends, and then the movie's over, and poor, poor Lana's like cleaning the muck off the floor by herself. She's like sweeping all this trash. <laughs> she does it all. She's the only employee. <laughs> so, uh, what did you think about uh, when all the lights went out and these home movies of these little girls are playing on the screen, <laughs> and this little little girl appears? Uh, and I just wrote down in big capital letters, you'll float too. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
because we're, we're already in that spooky, creepy... Um, yeah, I thought it was... Because your tease was oh, yeah. we're going to see ghosts. Yeah. So I just assumed it was going to be a ghost story. Yeah. It's, but there was a big twist. It's a bit of a twist and a little little scary. Uh, I don't know, a little scarier to, than ghosts. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it was... In, okay. In one way, it was just a filler monster of the week, whatever. But then again... Uh, you feel sorry for this for this clone kid. Yeah, you know you feel sympathy for her, and then you're afraid of her because she's a murderous clone. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have a conscience, or she doesn't know better to to hurt people that you know she feels upset with. She tries to, and then you find out drown Lana. <laughs> Yeah, that was a great uh, location at uh, that bridge over the river. Oh yeah, um, I've got yeah. some trivia about that. Oh, uh, hot dog! Well, I did write in capital letters. Why is there no railing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, okay, so the location that was scouted for the river scene where Emily Dinsmore pushes Lana off a bridge in its river became problematic on the first day of shooting. The river had become too dangerous to shoot the water scenes. So they simply tied Crook uh, to a safety line. Good old Kristen, always always happy to just hang off of something. <laughs> I actually read, uh, read this uh, uh, bit of trivia about when she did it uh, earlier. Was it the, uh, um, Dichotic when she was hung off the dam? That uh-huh. they were just like setting up the shot and they had her hang, like kind of like hanging there. And she was just bored. So she pretty much asked somebody to give her a book. She's like, I'll take any book. <laughs> You're hanging hundreds of feet off the ground. I, I don't know. Um, well, now it would be hemming my phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so they simply tied uh, Kristen to safety line and had Joe, Jodell Micah Furland, who plays Emily, uh, push her over the edge, but without her actually going into the water. They moved the set to a soundstage where they filmed her remaining scenes where uh, Tom dives into the river to save her in a water tank. So all that, all that underwater stuff. It's looking a little different than maybe what's going on above water, a little deeper than you would think it would, it would be. Um, it's because it's a, it's a water tank. Um, so, yeah. Oh, uh, we have a guest here, Neil Flynn uh, from Scrubs and the Middle. Oh, yeah. The janitor from Scrubs. <laughs> the janitor. Yeah. Uh, I thought he did a good job playing like the grieving father. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. like my my heart kind of broke for him at the end the the end of the episode mm-hmm. too. Um, let's see. Oh, one of the best Smallville effects so far is in this episode, and that's when uh, Clark and Pete go to uh, Emily's grave and to X-ray the coffin. The, the, and yeah. then and then uh, yeah, Emily shows up, and it's super speed from um, uh, Clark's point of view. Which is a first. Um, let me see. I have something here. Da, 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 da. Flipping to the page. Uh, okay. By by not using many visual effects in either precipice or precipitous or or witness. <laughs> and entity FX was allowed to spend the time and money on researching and implementing the scene. 
Um, the trick was to create something that was not only uh, super speeding to advance the story, but also has a cool look. We use the Houdini software package to generate the raindrops. Each raindrop can be thought of as a lens, as a mirror, as an object in itself. The entire backdrop is refracted through it like a lens, and the area behind the camera is being reflected in it. In it. By adjusting those parameters, we were able to give a brilliant jewel-like magical quality. We figured those that round drops weren't that interesting, and teardrop teardrop ones looked a little silly and over the top, so we settled on this round diamond shape. So, hmm. so like, just the amount of thought that goes into they designed yeah, every one of those be, raindrops. <laughs> it had to be different than Clark's speed. Yeah. Uh, super speed. Well, you know, it's what he's, he's seeing. He's moving around, and, you know, obviously it's all going faster than that, but it's slowed mm-hmm. down for us. And I don't yeah. know, did you see the, uh, you saw the blooper reel, right? Yes. Where poor Pete has to like, or Sam Jones has to kind of freeze up <laughs> as they're doing that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that won a visual effects award. Uh, it was like a visual effects uh, awards uh, show or whatever. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, what else? So this gets a little x files with the cryopods and all that. Um, and Lionel is involved, and so yeah, I mean that's that's where this isn't that f- isn't filler. Like this right. is uh, research that is used with the meteor rock, or sorry, kryptonite, <laughs> and uh, and he's basically uh, the father is refining uh, the meteor rocks to make a uh, meteor miracle grow. <laughs> Where these kids are just like created and then grown right up, and uh, yeah. Why are those girls asleep? Those <laughs> girls—they look like me. <laughs> Why is Lana so big? <laughs> <laughs> Lana, I just want to play with Lana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the little girl had a good look. Yeah. Like, she had a a look like she was from the past. Uh-huh. And she could have been from any time. She just had a little girl, old-timey look about her. It could have been ten. It could have been ten years ago. It could have been a hundred years ago. You know. And I can't imagine this is going to uh, really add too much to Lana's character, but. Uh, because, you know, she's been emotionally disturbed from this uh, since childhood, which is uh, the fact that she fell in as a kid. Emily, like a little hero, jumped in after her and pushed her towards the shore and then got taken away herself. And so Lana lives because Emily drowned. Lana has survivor's guilt. Yeah. That's got to kind of mess you up, I'm sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And then your and then your parents get exploded. And then your parents, yeah, they get vaporized right in front of you. And then you find out that wasn't even your father. And then the guy who really is your father just quits talking to you. Yeah, sucks to be Lana. Jeez, and you know everybody loves her nope. too. Everybody, everybody's loves. in love with Lana. Oh, Lana, little Miss Lana, Lana. Cover of She's Time just... magazine and everything. <laughs> She's just super. Super 16-year-old, super teenager, doing everything. Yeah. Chloe, you know, your mom left you. 
I get it. But, you know, take a look at Lana's past. You know, maybe you should be like, okay, I'm good. Just do whatever you need to do. I will go figure out how to have a life without Clark. <laughs> or just to keep being a friend with Clark and that's it. I don't know. Uh, so this is a this is the part where okay so after all this mess uh, uh, we have the loft scene which if I wasn't watching another episode like immediately after this I would have and if I was just watching this for the first time I would be throwing something at the TV mm-hmm. because we have this whole thing where Lana's like thanks for believing me and you created this perfect picture of me. And Clark is just like, it's just what I see. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm scared that you're going to get a better look at me. I'm not, I'm, you might figure out I'm not as strong or as good as you think I am. And like Avril Levine is just, I'm with you, you know, <laughs> just swelling. And uh, Alana just takes his hands. And, and the, I wrote down the, the lyric as she's taking his hands, because I love when these shows do this. The, she takes his hands, and the lyric is, take me by the hand, take me somewhere new. <laughs> and uh, and then she's like, maybe I, I, um, maybe I need to believe in you. And I wrote, kiss her! And then it cuts away. <laughs> yeah, but she had to make the move, yeah. Clark. Clark, you chunk. <laughs> Clark... She obviously wants to be kissed. She said, what did they do? Anyway, uh, and then we get... So the next... Episode. Hold on, we gotta go, we gotta talk about this creepy scene. Oh. Lionel tells Dinsmore that he's off the project and tells her, like, she's not your daughter. She's property of me. She's mine. And she's, she's a defective specimen. And, and then Dinsmore has to sit there and watch the mirror while Lionel goes in there. It's this gorgeous room they made, like, this gorgeous cell for her. And uh, and comes in with a present, and the present is a bunny, the the thing that she always wanted, and um, and then she's like, "Where's my daddy?" <laughs> and like, yeah, because the little girl hates Lionel. Yeah, she knows he's a bad guy. Yeah, I don't like you. And then Lionel's like, "I'll take good care of you," and then he's just like sitting there drinking tea with her. <laughs> And uh, I'll just say uh, We'll see what happens next in the future You might have think, make think That was just a standalone thing But Yeah So is Emily weaponized As she comes back as a murderous Killing machine I just love that um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to answer your question I just love that You know we're you know, I'm going to mention the Chloe Chronicles later After all this But um like week to week they're talking about investigating Earl Jenkins and he was searching for level three back in season one and there's this whole like lab that you know Lionel cleaned up and got out of there before anybody discovered it. And uh it looks like level three is back, but where is it? Mm. He's using uh where yeah, where is that where where did where did Lionel tuck little Emily away? So. I mean where is Lionel living? Is Lionel in Metropolis? Because, I'm you know, uh, Lex kicked him out of the yeah. castle. He's got a he's got a helicopter, so he can go wherever. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention, you were talking about Emily Dinsmore's look. This this, uh, this child actress uh, had a good uh, career in playing creepy. Uh, she was in Cabin in the Woods, Silent Hill. 
She was in a couple of Twilight movies. She was in the show Dark Matter, uh, Kingdom Hospital, uh, the Carrie remake. So I bet she played Creepy Kid in a lot of those. I, I really don't remember. Mm. Good for her. Yeah. So yeah, Best Needle Drop, Avril Lavigne. I'm with you. Another loft hit for my upcoming loft <laughs> hits playlist. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about that two-part finale. Mm-hmm. Starting with Calling, the one where Clark and Lana finally kiss for real, and Dr. Walden goes batshit crazy. <laughs> so, so it's Clark's birthday. Yeah. And, and Lana brings him a hot cake. <laughs> yeah, so the, the candles are very hot. And it, <laughs> as you see in the, the, the blooper reels, <laughs> and you picked up on something that was—I was so happy that you picked up on where she's dropping by, and he says it's around midnight, and then Chloe says later, like Lana, you didn't get it back until like two two o'clock in the morning, and you and then and then Clark comes in, he says I need a double shot of espresso. <laughs> I was up till two o'clock, and I was like, what did they do for two hours? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay, in my head canon. Yes. They are they're deflowered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's actually what happened, but I think in most in team shows you would uh you would you would have to see that happen on on camera, at least the beginnings of it. All so, we get is kissing. Okay. So are you saying that we find out when Clark Kent loses his virginity for reals? Honestly, I don't remember. (laughs) I I believe that's something you would remember. I'm just assuming, but, oh, I remember things. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I have have a trivia here. All right. It says page 101. What is that? Oh. Uh, So... Like I said, I had some sort of information on a deleted scene of some sort. Um, The episode was originally intended to begin with Clark and Lana watching a comet through Clark's telescope. Clark had got Lana to stay up very late at night and try to watch this with him. Uh, Ken Biller, the writer of the episode, recalls. And you saw the comet bursting in the background. The comet heralded the arrival of, spoilers, Jor-El. Clark having to leave and Walden waking up. There was a lot of language and imagery about the comet and something that beautiful being worth the wait, which threw them into the romantic moment. However, the comet was an expensive effect, and there didn't seem to be a, re- a reason to mention it if you couldn't see the comet. <laughs> so. so they just settled on a, a cheap hot cake. Yeah, <laughs> and it's Clark's birthday, whatever. <laughs> uh, so that's funny. Um I love the next morning Martha's like, all right, give me the deets. We got it. You tell me. You tell me every single thing that happened. We know Lana was here. <laughs> we know she was here very, very late. <laughs> yes. Because parents know what goes on in their house. Um, and there's this whole cute thing where Lex comes over and he's – everybody's – they, they – uh, you know, Lex and the Kents are getting along together. Jim and Jonathan are getting along, and he's yeah. Morgan was like, "Jonathan, make up your mind. Do you like Lex or do you not like Lex?" <laughs> right. I'm confused. <laughs> and then Lex is like, "Who's sitting with you, Clark?" And Clark's, Ooh. <laughs> and that's that's where we go to the talent. And uh, 
Clark shows up. I really love this scene. I love this scene oh, where where uh, Chloe is there. Everybody is so awkward and they're not saying anything. And then Pete comes up. So where was, how's everybody doing? Everybody doing okay? Yeah, yeah, we're fine. We're, everything's good. Goodness. Um. And of course, I wrote WTF, Lana, because this is where she's like, "Oh, it was it, it was a mistake. <laughs> what happened?" I'm like, "God damn it, uh, no!" I know that just that broke my heart for Clark. Oh, he waited all this time. Yeah. They were together, and then she regretted it. Mm-hmm. That's 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 awful. Uh, we have this little bit of a subplot going along here with Lex and Helen. And Helen's office getting raided, and we find out later. That it was Lex that did it and stole the blood sample. And I love that they mentioned that the seating chart is in red, yellow, and blue. (laughs) (laughs) Red is for like the people that can't get along, and yellow is, I don't know, like blue is the buffer. Yeah, Yeah, it seemed like it was such a silly little throwaway, (laughs) whatever. But, But there is a lot of talk between Helen and Lana about. Uh, people trying to get along and um, then Lana goes into you know what if because he loves you or he has feelings for you is that okay is that enough to excuse his secrets Mm -hmm. and so they're both kind of going through the same thing where Helen she loves Lex but he has hurt her by having this weird secret obsession with Clark (laughs) <laughs> and Clex and then, Yeah and then Lana um, Is wondering if uh, You know what? Uh, what is this that Clark's hiding Because he's having the migraines And the, hearing the noises And having to run off all the time And just like two years now Of just so many like Oh, it's it's a big it's a long story, <laughs> Lana. Uh, yeah. Don't don't worry about it. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Um. And uh, yeah, Helen going to Jonathan And Jonathan immediately going It must have been Lex <laughs> You better be right about Lex uh, And uh, so Let's see So we have Walden waking up Saying the day is coming um, And he wrote it on the ceiling And then, oh my gosh Clark bold face Flat out lies To Lex I don't know what that means. I can't read that. <laughs> Clark, you are lying. <laughs> well, lying. Lex is, I don't know. He's. I, I don't understand why Clark keeps being friendly with Lex if he's not going to trust him with like anything. Mm-hmm. And, and it's an interesting way he plays this because he plays dumb, but he's also very cagey in, in acting dumb about it. So you kind of like go, there's something going on with him. I, you know, I don't know if I can fully trust him, his lies or what he's saying to me, you know? Who, Clark? Yeah. Yeah, because basically he's acting the same way with Lex that he is with Lionel because him and Lionel have, have the conversation about, about the caves. Yeah. And, and everything. Oh, this is, this is the episode where I kept on writing, uh, uh, Lionel apparates behind this person. Lionel, Lionel apparates behind because he just like shows up behind so many different people throughout this episode. So yeah, while while Clark is in the caves, like Lionel like is right behind Clark. Yeah, like surprise, they're my caves now. <laughs> yeah. I had lunch with the mayor or whatever. Yeah, and uh, Lionel apparates behind Chloe, staring at the photos and the torch. 
And uh, I love this. Is like you know he's like you. I got it all set for the Daily Planet. All you have to do is give me a complete investi- investigative profile of your friend Clark Kent. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm gonna give you what you want the most in this world. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is sell your soul to the devil. Yep. I just want your soul, I love, Chloe. I love how he strokes that gateway monitor. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, remember remember my money and the <coughs> sponsorship that Smallville got? This gateway is <laughs> – also the funny thing is uh, like that's a gateway monitor, but the computer is an Alienware, which is kind of funny on a show starring an alien. <laughs> so it's like, ha-ha. Uh, so yeah, the old iMac is gone. The, the PCs are here. I don't know how she's switched over from a Mac to a PC, but uh, – I feel bad for him. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a definite Mac guy now. After years and years of PC. Anyway, that's going to anger half of our audience, so I'm sorry. To all you John Hodgmans out there, I am very sorry. I am a Justin Long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we have iPhones and an iPad, and I got my husband <clears throat> a Kindle yeah. or whatever for Christmas last year. And he fussed and complained because he couldn't work it because we're so used to iPads and yeah. iPhones. But he finally he finally learned it. But it was <laughs> what you get. It's what you get used to. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Walden's running around beaming people. I, oh, I forgot to mention we first see Walden. Uh, well, actually, after he wakes up, he is uh, running around in a padded cell, and that's where he writes the. Day is coming in Kryptonian uh, on the ceiling. Yes, with that very cinema that the the gla- the round glass door. Yes, that is not really <laughs> practical, but it looks good on television. Yep, <laughs> kind of it reminds me of uh, on the Flash. <laughs> yeah, they must have modeled it on there. Uh, this is the first appearance. I'll give it away. This is the first appearance of uh, the Bell Reeve Sanitarium. Um, you'll see more of this in the future. Uh, oh. But I'll say Bell Reeve is French for beautiful dream. Um, and the reason why it's got a French name is that it's a location taken out of the Superman comics and it was originally in Louisiana. Uh, <gasps> oh. Yeah. And uh, so I'm. Be, Pronounced Balrive. <laughs> is that my? Is that that probably sucks. Yeah, sounds like it. Oh, thanks. Uh, just just think of this as Smallville's very own Arkham Asylum. <laughs> oh. You know, uh, yeah. So, at where every every uh, cell has a glass door where you can go up and have a Hannibal Lecter scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the so they were in. Okay, so S- Superman was in Louisiana for. Salomon Grundy? Born on a Monday. <laughs> Wasn't he, was he from, like, the swamps? I think so. I'm remembering from the Justice League from my childhood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny. I listened to a podcast called James Bonding, and uh, it's uh, Matt Gorley and Matt Myra talking about James Bond movies. And their new motto uh, is I'm a lover, not an expert. <laughs> so that's been my new thing. Like I'm a lover of this stuff. I'm not an expert. So uh, apologies. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I do know. I do remember the um, the Legion of Doom's little ship 
was in a yes. swamp. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's yes. Not t- hello, nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the symbols actually say the day is coming when the last sun will begin his quest to rule the third planet. So, uh oh. Um, and uh, Walden's on a mission to murder Clark Kent before he destroys us all. And Clark Kent needs to be murdered. <laughs> um, so the whole rehearsal dinner thing happens. Oh, that that restaurant looks. It, the set decoration is very nice. I oh, like yeah? the the gold. The how it looks. The lights are coming through the <laughs> liquor bottles. Yeah. And, I swear, whenever they do a wide pan of the talent, I go. I, I become less and less in love with the design. I think it's your your uh, your influence my, on me. Yeah, it's just too much. <laughs> like, yeah, they just keep adding. Because I said like last time, I was like, "Oh, they got rid of the curtains." No, no, the curtains are all there. It's just not showing it's up. All there. Yeah. <laughs> it's all there. Um, let's see. So we have this awesome fight where. Uh, Walden has the key And he tells him he needs to die And he blasts Clark through a wall And then blasts him so he hovers up in the air Wait, we didn't talk about the best man toast Oh gosh Oh gosh, and I even have trivia about that Um, Go ahead Really? Okay, so Lana looks gorgeous of course Yes. But what's really weird is Yes, they're two different dresses that she wears to the rehearsal dinner and the wedding, but they look so much alike <laughs> because they're pink. Uh-huh. Because she has to wear pink all the time. That's true. Um, Baby pink, light pink. Oh, I know what it is. Um, yeah, that's another thing to notice. Every single time you see Lana wearing pink, you're like, you can just think about Kristen going, oh, I gotta wear this. <laughs> <laughs> With her little pink lipstick and her pink eyeshadow. Uh, there was a scene filmed, or uh, scenes filmed, featuring Lionel interrupting the wedding rehearsal dinner to make wild allegations regarding the paternity of Martha's baby. What? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. I don't know. I didn't see the scene, but uh, this is according to the little guide I have. So, <laughs> so what happened to Martha working for Lionel? I guess she chose Jonathan. She that 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 whole thing got dropped. Um, you know, there was the after insurgents where she realized that he was, you know, investigating her son and keeping all sorts of uh, refined meteor rock and the Kryptonian key and all that stuff and and files on each of them. She didn't want to work for him. Kind of drove a wedge in that relationship. Um. So, uh, the battle there, um, let's see, uh, the trick with the fight between Clark and Walden was choreographing things. Um, we put Walden up in the air. We wanted the energy beam suspending him to bend a little bit as it went through because they, that has a certain amount of energy. The heat vision had across that and you, oh gosh, why would I note to read this? It must've been something else. Walden was a match for Clark. Yeah. <laughs> and Clark had to do something to to get out of his clutches but not hurt him. So he used the heat vision to like take out a chunk of his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, cinched him. Oh, I know what I was 
I, I had a quote from Rob LaBelle who plays Dr. Walden. He says, yes, this guy's crazy a little bit. He's been in the hospital in a catatonic state. He comes out and he's got a heat beam coming out of his hand. But he's not a bad guy. He may come across as evil, but he's not. He's read the hieroglyphs, which say this guy will come and take over the world. Walden is trying to save the world, save humankind right. by battling the superhuman alien creature. It's an absurd yeah. situation, but as, a, but as an actor, you've got to balance it. <laughs> so he's like, he's got to see things from Dr. Walden's point of view. Um, yeah, he's saving the earth. But yeah, he ends up getting roasted alive. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't quite understand. I guess that was some kind of fuel tank. Yeah, for, he... for some reason, Jonathan has some sort of suspended propane tank. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah, big old explosion on the farm, and it's not the first, one, not the last one <laughs> this season. Mm. Uh, and so the key that was in Weldon's hand was like burned into his hand. Yeah, but how gross is that? Like, Clark went to his burned body off camera and peeled that key out of that hand. Yeah. And had to go clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, yeah, then there's the, there's the whole Raiders of the Lost Ark thing where the key is burned into his hand and Lionel sees, sees that and he's like, send the hand to me. And the nurse is like, excuse me? <laughs> What's that? that well, he, he says, send it to me. She says, what? <laughs> the hand, of course. Of course the hand. Come on. Uh, and that's when Lionel, or sorry, that's when uh, Lana, I, why do I want to keep saying Lionel? Lana, <laughs> there's too many L's in Superman. Uh, that's when Lana shows up to apologize and there's there's a lot of kissing. And then Chloe apparates behind them <laughs> and mm. walks away crying. Oh, God. Because that's. That's the best drama mm. is when a show gives you what you want, but at the same time gives you something you don't want. You don't want Chloe to be heartbroken, no. but you but you want Lana and Clark to finally freaking get together. Right. And uh, it's and, I, and then I wrote my notes, but it's not over yet. Like Clark, like you think that's the credits are going to roll there, but Clark. Uh, Sees Lana out to whatever vehicle she may or may not have, probably to Donatello. Donatello and her <laughs> trot off together, and she does not hear him being called to the storm cellar and these giant lights beaming out of the storm cellar. And uh, did you recognize his voice here? I thought it was Terrence Stamp. Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked it up and I saw that it was Terrence Stamp. Yay! So. Is that the credits? They actually saved it for the for the end credits. They didn't play it in the beginning, which is oh. very admirable for a TV show to do that. Yeah. Um, but of course, very interesting that the voice of Jarrell is played by the guy who played General Zod, who is yeah. like Jarrell's uh, worst enemy. So, but it's neat that they got somebody from the original. Yeah. Uh, and also the music. Mm. Like, did they have to pay a lot of money for the music? Yes, you're right. There is uh, more John Williams. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, this this episode and the next episode have the track called "The Planet Krypton," and uh, and you know obviously this all started in Rosetta when we had Christopher Reeve on and just was perfect. Mm -hmm. So uh, they weren't even planning on that originally. They they first used it as a temp track. When they were editing Rosetta, 
And then they, oh, wow. they sent it down to be scored, and Alan and Miles were like, oh, my God, we need to use this. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, but it seems like it would be like a pie-in-the-sky I know. Dream. They thought they were like, going to have to – how can we afford this? Yeah, they thought they'd have to pay, pay like a bajillion dollars, and I guess they didn't need to. They called John Williams, and John Williams gave the okay, and I don't know if there was money exchange, but um, – what they were worried about was uh, if you use an actual piece of score from a soundtrack, um, you have to pay the orchestra. So mm-hmm. what they did was they, you know, John Williams gave the okay for Mark Snow to record uh, these that piece of music again. So oh. each of these uh, each of these pieces of score are definitely John Williams, but they're recorded by Mark Snow and. Uh, he actually says here, uh, Mark, Mark Snow does, uh, it seems to take the show into another dimension. It's amazing, the simplicity of these melodies, and yet the mm-hmm. effect is staggering. Yeah. And I'm, it's epic. I'm so, like, yeah, it's exactly. It's like, ugh. And, and the great thing is, like, you can't, like, fire up the full march. And so you have him in the suit. So they kind of tease it, you know, and then they play other tracks like the the Fortress of Solitude or the Planet Krypton just to have that little bit of magic injected in there, but not being like, you know, playing the actual theme to Superman. So, yeah. Oh, uh, so best needle drops of this episode (laughs) uh, is is definitely John Williams is the Planet Krypton. And of course, if I'm not sure if Mark Snow released um his recordings of them but and uh the la- the loft scene at the end of the episode is a song called uh in this life by Chantel Kreviuzuk I'm not sure if I pronounced that right but it's a cute song whatever you have anything more to say about calling before we get into exodus <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking for my. Um, I just have Chloe's all sexy now because they're letting they're setting her up to go evil. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ex- yeah, there was there was all this, you know, Chloe talking to Lionel, saying, you know, well, I didn't get invited to the uh, to their rehearsal dinner either. Well, well we yeah. That's, we have that in common, and then which is funny. With, if I if you don't mind me interjecting with a little bit of trivia, okay. uh, Chloe was invited to uh, Lex and Desiree's wedding. <laughs> Remember Heat? Ah. <laughs> but of course, Lex was under the influence, and you know, perfectly sober Lex would be like, "No, nah, I'm not inviting Chloe." <laughs> <laughs> huh. It's not like they're big friends anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Oh, the beginning. This whole Chloe's like Cinderella and Wicked Stepsisters. And, mm, yeah. You know, no fairy godmother coming to bring me, you know. <sighs> Poor Chloe. Poor Chloe. <laughs> All right, what's next? Exodus. Exodus. The one here. where. My 30th birthday. Uh, yeah, April 22nd, 2003. No, May 20th, 2003 Oh no, it didn't air Wait a second Did it air May 20th? Did I just re- Oh yeah, I wrote the wrong date down Sorry, May 20th <laughs> I, I 
I sometimes just re- replace information in my notes with the newer information, and I must have had the date from last week's fourth episode still there. Oh. Uh, written by Alan Miles, of course, um, mm-hmm. and directed by Greg Beeman. This is the one where Clark rebels against his biological father and causes harm to his friends and family. This is a huge episode, very emotional, and I will tell you about Greg Beeman. Uh, they, he said that there was a lot of despair channeled into this episode from him. He said that there were contract negotiations going on with him and the production, and they weren't going well at the time. And he was really worried that this is going to be his last Smallville episode. Uh, spoilers, it, mm. it wasn't. But <laughs> he was really kind of sad at the time. And, um, you know, this this whole episode is... It's powerful. It's in, and uh, and it, it's it's quite the ending of a season, you know. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of choppy. Oh yeah. And I don't know. It's it it's weird. It it emotionally works, but as far as being like well written, oh. I don't know. It just seems to kind of. Have to point out to me what parts are not well written. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's like, I've, let's just talk about it. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's go. Well, no, no, no. Like, yeah, like, you know, if there's anything we talk about that you're like, oh, that didn't work for me, please let me know. Because like this whole it's episode, I'm like, oh, my God. Work. It's just, yeah, I mean, I'm freaking out at the end of the episode. <laughs> I've got to know what happened. But it's just kind of weird. Okay. It's kind of weird. Uh, let me just kind of go from the beginning because there's all these different Awesome things I want to touch upon in here. Uh, the first is, of course, Clark speaking to Jarrell, or at least the ship saying it is the will of Jarrell. Obviously, Jarrell's mm-hmm. dead. <laughs> so, uh, this is the will of Jarrell in the ship. He's Kel El's guide. And I'll say a lot of these, this dialogue, except for the whole like world domination part, uh, <laughs> that stuff comes from Superman the movie and uh, the recordings of Jarrell that he. You know, when he goes to the fortress and he speaks to Jarrell in that show, in that movie. Uh, then it turns into like an egg, and then it turns into the earth, which was cool. And then suddenly we have like holograms of Jonathan, Martha, and Lana. And Jarrell's saying, They've served their purpose. It's time to leave them and fulfill your destiny. And there's no choice in the matter. You have till sundown. <laughs> um,. So what I was very happy about was that Clark tells his parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and his parents, still, of course, you know, Jonathan is very much like you decide for yourself. And Clark says he belongs to Smallville. Um, there's that whole John Williams thing. Let's get past there. Um, so <laughs> what I wrote, I wrote Lex has been holding the vial of blood all night because it was revealed the previous evening, uh, because you know we went, we then cut to Lana and uh, Clark in the loft at the end of the episode. That Lex had the vial of blood all along and is holding it. And so we go to this next day and we go over to Luther Mansion and there's Lex holding the vial of blood again. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's okay, just like Lex going through the trash, picking up the trash off the floor, and. Uh-huh. Him holding the the vial of blood. It's 
Yeah, and it's it's weird. It's, it's so uh, old school. It's so old school TV. You know, it's so it like it. It's interesting. He can't. He doesn't have an internal monologue. He can't tell anybody about this. So I don't, I don't know. They wanted to. They wanted to surprise us at the end of the last episode. Oh my god, he's got the blood. But they also wanted to remind us in this episode. Oh my god, he's got the blood. So maybe yeah. maybe they should have trusted a previously on. You know, to to get what he's going through. But then again, like this is right when um, he reveals to her about the blood. So maybe he's just got to open, got it open again to tell her about it. I don't know. He's trying to break the cycle. And uh, Helen says, "Too late, relationship over." <laughs> and what's really funny about this is that for the rest of the episode, or most of the episode, um, the Kents at least are all like preparing for a wedding. <laughs> Like and Chloe, yeah. you know, not Chloe, but you know, Lana, and and nope, it's it, like, what was Lex thinking? Like he's like, well, she's gonna come back eventually. I, I just know it. <laughs> I have high hopes. Just, yeah, yeah, like was he like prepared to be embarrassed? <laughs> yeah. Or like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it so everybody knows she left me at yeah. the altar. <laughs> or was he like, I have a plan. I have, a, I'm gonna wheel her back to me. Yeah, you know. There is something strange here that we Lex goes out and after holding that vial of blood before he tells her, he he finds Helen talking to Lionel and uh, Helen is like refusing some sort of envelope, and she says that it's he was like trying to break them up, and uh, yeah, but earlier there was the whole, you know, she was trying to figure out if Lex is the one that broke into her office yeah. and. And Lionel was like, "Well, we can we can call Lex now, but he'll know that you were in here snooping." Oh yeah, that and, was good, huh? Yeah, yeah, good old Lionel. And then there's that was another one this. of his apparitions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the, this scene, um, he he's wanting to give them the honeymoon uh-huh. on on your own private island. Yep. And this episode's about choices. And Clark's got to choose whether or not to follow the will of Jarrell or follow his his parents and what's his destiny and all that. And here we have Lex um, talking about like nature versus nurture and like what being a Luther is and uh, how he does this like very unLuther like uh, thing where he confesses his sins to uh, uh, Helen mm. and he learns here. It doesn't work. <laughs> so, um, let's see. This is where, yeah, Lionel catches Clark in the caves. Walden says, you're going to rule us all. Um, I made my own key. Oh, you're going to look very well, Clark. <laughs> uh, so Clark finds out about the kryptonite key here, which is helpful. Um... Oh yeah, and L- Lana and Clark have this lovely, like they got both the horses out. It must be Tyson and Donatello. I'm I'm on horse watch <laughs> over here, <laughs> and uh, they're like snuggling under the tree. It's very like WB, you know. Mm-hmm. And Clark tells Lana that he's going to tell Chloe, but you know when Lana's getting ready for the wedding, uh, looks like Clark hasn't talked to her yet. Mm-hmm. I love that they have this beautiful CGI sunset when Clark is talking to his dad, and his dad is just like, it's just another sunset, and uh, come on down to dinner, and Clark's like, thanks for believing me, 
And as soon as Jonathan leaves, there's just it's time, Kal-El. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's like dread, dread, dread. See, it's a, it's a sunset. Yeah. It's over. It's not so bad. That ship's not going to do anything. <laughs> and all this time, I'm like, guys, just take the ship and just dump it in the ocean or something. <laughs> like, get rid of get it. Get rid of it. Um, and so, yeah, we have the scene where Clark goes down to the storm cellar and tells the will of Jarrell no, and is pinned to the ceiling, rips his shirt open, and his chest is burned with the mark of his ancestors. And that was so funny in the bloopers <laughs> when Sam Jones touched it and, and Tom <laughs> Willing acted like it hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, that was so funny. And right here is. Jorel's like at Saul's zenith. You will obey me, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So he's we got another timer again. We got to reset the clock. And he tells he warns him if you don't obey me, you're going to hurt the ones you love. So the Kents come out and they're all fancy and dolled up, and they're going to the wedding. And that's where I wrote, "Did Lex not tell anybody?" And also, Clark knows that Helen left Lex. Why doesn't Clark say anything? I mean, if there's any problem with the writing, I think that little plot line is a little messed up. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there is some deleted stuff I'll talk to you about um, that might have confused things or they didn't have the quite the through line. Um, it still doesn't take away from how freaking powerful this episode is. Because um, I don't care about all, about Lex and Helen. Really, I don't. <laughs> I care about, like, Drell and Clark and uh, what's going to happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, Clark tells Pete that, you know, after he shows him his sweet new chest hat, um, <laughs> that he's got to destroy the ship and he's got to get the kryptonite key. And Pete's telling him it's too dangerous. So, um, and then I have written down here, page 104. So open up our yeah. Clark should have <laughs> tried to do this elsewhere, like away from people. And I guess the the farm is yeah kind of secluded, it's pretty remote. Things it's supposed to be but, miles away from Lana's house, even. And Lana's yeah. house was the next door neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so there's a motorcycle. Oh, there goes Clark. Wham wham. <laughs> Or Clark stunt double. <laughs> yeah. In addition to exploring the mythology of the series further, Exodus also served a practical purpose. Quite honestly, we wanted to get rid of the spaceship, Algo points out. Once the props start talking, you've got to be careful. We wanted to blow it up and be done with it. We had the caves, so we still had a crypt- Kryptonian connection, but we'd played the ship. How many times are people going to going to go to the storm cellar? We wanted to be rid of it, and we wanted to do it in a big way. <laughs> I can see that. Okay. So it's like, it's not only it's like, the ship is now talking to us, so what's going to make the ship shut up? <laughs> are we going to feature the ship in the credits? And also, <laughs> how many times have the cops shown up or the DCA and like, quick, hide the ship? Or, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, this is... Also, plus, like, you can't use the ship. The ship is for a baby, a small toddler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like somebody could get in the ship and fly the ship. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, nobody's having babies in this. Uh, oh, gosh. That was... Oh. That was... I did not mean to make that observation. Yeah. Now, but, that, is, oh. that was a great 
moment of, you know, because, you know, like I said last week, I knew that Clark didn't have a little brother or sister right. running around. <laughs> so you knew that something had to happen. But that moment when you're like, oh, Jonathan and, and Martha, they're going back to the house and Clark's in the middle of yep. of doing something. What's going to happen? Oh, God no. damn it, Kent's. Stay where you're supposed to be. Yeah, lack of communication. All right, all right. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> bad, you know, wrong place, at the wrong time. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, so Ugh. Pete meets Lionel for the first time, and that's where he throws a fit in the caves. And oh, that was cute. It's great. We finally get like you stole my family's farm. You know. Yeah, Pete. A uh, Pete. What? What's his name? Ross. Pete Ross for Ross cream corn. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Lionel tells him that you know people are. If your father was angry, people are the weakest when they're angry, and uh, and then Lionel gets pissed because the key goes missing because Pete's distracting him, and, he, and Pete, of course, gets it, like careful, Mister Luther. You wouldn't want to look weak. <laughs> it's like yeah, Pete. Like, yeah, he distracted him so uh, Clark could could super speed in there and get the key one of the very few like wins that pete gets in the show <laughs> like he's usually just kind of like yeah clark <laughs> uh, um so jonathan uh gives lex a compass in case he gets lost going down the aisle which is cool uh-huh. um lana shows up in the loft with clark's suit and Clark uh-huh. is very dramatic. He's like, I gotta do something first. I can't say it's for our future. And Lana's like, Whitney said something like that. <laughs> and then he went off to war and got himself killed. Yeah. <laughs> he promises that he'll meet him there. Um, or meet her there. And I have page 110 written down here. Okay, so Greg Beeman had some specific ideas in mind when he shot the scene between Clark and Lana in the barn. Which, although it looks like it's part of the location filming, is actually on the stages in Burnaby. Usually when I direct, I have a song in mind, he explains. I fought to get the Coldplay song for the end of Vortex. For Exodus, I heard this song, Weapon, by Matthew Good, who's big in Canada, but not very well known in the rest of the world. The lyrics talk about an angel by my side and the devil by my side. And so I directed the scene to that song. I had timed out in my mind what shots were going to go with what lyrics to what move. Uh, I told Tom and Kristen that we were using this song. And they're used to Beeman having a song. But I didn't tell them how specific it was. It's a luxury and very rare in any medium to have a scene that's really important with a lot of emotional moments but almost no dialogue. I love that kind of thing. I'm an acting-based director, so I'm happy to let the acting play, not the words. So, yeah, that song is definitely uh, one of my uh, needle drops of the episode. Do you remember the song playing? Mm, no, mm. not not specifically. Mm-hmm. Like Angel by My Side, Devil by My Side. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, so, yeah, Clark's holding up the wedding. Lana tells uh, Jonathan that uh, Clark said he had something important to do. And that's when the Kents are like, oh, no, Clark. Um, and so it's nine minutes before noon. Clark uh, shoves Chloe back to her car. And he's like, I'm – and she's like, I know you're with Lana. And uh, she's upset and she's, like, spiteful because she feels like he was playing her as a fool and – um, I'm like doing a full recap I'm sorry Each one of these things is great Oh I wrote down Hey it's Helen's dad 
it's Helen's being walked down the aisle by some older gentleman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the reverend there is played by Arnie Walters, who was also uh, Scully's reverend uh, in like three episodes of The X-Files. Um, and there's a bit of a goof here. Um, when Helen's being walked down the aisle and the wedding has begun, uh, the Kents have left already. Although, if you look closely, the Kents are standing there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, again, this is kind of, like, mixed up here. Um, uh, there is a deleted scene. Um, again, like, last episode, Lionel interrupts the rehearsal dinner. Well, in this episode, there's a deleted scene where Lionel interrupts the wedding. And he says the whole thing is a lie. And then suddenly the lights go out and there's a, you know, from the shockwave. And everybody is out of their seats and there's chaos in the the church. And Helen looks at Lex and says, can we get out of here? And and Lex is like, you want to elope? And she's like, yeah. And so they run off together. So it's really. They're not actually married. Right. We don't actually, you know, in, in, in the final version, we don't actually see them get married. It's very weird um, because, you know, the Kents, uh, we, the Kents leave. Uh, we see Chloe having this argument with uh, Clark nine minutes before noon, right? And so you're assuming at noon is when the wedding is about to start. And it's also when he's mm-hmm. supposed to meet Jarrell. Mm-hmm. So Helen's being walked down the aisle. The Kents are speeding home, and Clark puts the key in the ship, and it blows up. And then the shockwave interrupts the wedding. <laughs> but anyway, the, the, it doesn't actually interrupt the wedding because the next time we see Lex and Helen, we see them at the airport. Like, whoa, like immediately. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how did, did they just like and, – and it makes sense if you know the deleted scene is Lionel is screwing up the wedding, saying it's a lie, and, uh, and Helen and Lex run off to the airport. And, uh, so, um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of breeze past it, but the ship blows up the storm cellar. It's like a freaking crater in the middle of Kent farm. Yeah. It's like a, a nuclear bomb <laughs> Yeah, and hydrogen it, bomb or something. And it causes a shockwave that flips the Kent's truck. Um, and, and causes Martha to lose the baby. <sighs> so it's, it's almost like this was a, the, the Jarrell. Yeah, Jarrell, the father. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this This is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Or it's going to it is it's gonna happen, and Clark can't do anything about it. Yeah, it's crazy, too, because I don't know what the will of Jarrell would have done if, he, if Clark didn't put the key in and, and blow up the ship, but actually just said no, because he did warn mm-hmm. that the, everybody was going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. But... In the end, Clark just ends up hurting everybody on his own, either by accident mm-hmm. or, you know, what happens later in the episode. Um, he had the, the horrified look on Clark's face when he's pulling himself out of the rubble and he looks over and his parents' truck is flipped. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Lex and Helen are drinking champagne as the plane fires up. And we're at, then all of a sudden we're at the hospital. And uh, Clark tells Jonathan what happened and... Jonathan's just like in tears. He's like, why didn't you just tell us? You didn't think things through. <laughs> and then the doctor comes out and tells and tells Jonathan that the baby is gone. And Jonathan can't even look at Clark. <laughs> um which is just oh um 
Okay, so yeah, especially after all that. Oh, thanks for believing in me, Dad. Yeah, and then yeah, and for Jonathan to be disappointed in Clark, oh. that's that's huge. Uh, Beeman worked very hard with Tom and John Schneider on the scenes in the hospital when Clark admits what he's done. There are some scenes in that where you're looking at two backs, uh, Beeman comments. Sometimes you have to fight against the regimented rules which say if emotions are happening or people are talking, you have to see their faces. I shot that scene as a lot of two shots, seeing both actors at the same time. There's one moment where we're on Clark's back and you know exactly what he's thinking. Ironically, his back is more powerful than his face because of the shame he feels. Mm, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't necessarily like that whole switching back and forth to their faces anyway. Mm-hmm. That's distracting to me. Yeah. Sometimes just leave the freaking camera still. <laughs> just leave it still so we can see, you know. Uh, yeah, you don't have to see their faces. It's a little bit more here. Um, it was appropriate that the destruction of the ship was responsible for Martha's miscarriage, since the ship had allowed Martha to conceive. Algo explains at the end of the season, we knew that Jarrell was going to come and say it was time for Clark to leave. And in a weird way, it was giving the Kent something for what for when he was going to take Clark away. It was somewhat insidious. These people did their job, so I'll give them the ability to have a child. Now I'm going to take my son and train him for his destiny. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, see, because I was wondering, did the did the ship have that have thoughts, have reasoning, or did it just happen? You know? Yeah, I it's it. You know, thinking about it that way, it's like, oh man, it really made some sense here. Like there is seem there does seem to be a plan in effect here. Mm-hmm. Dot like dot like it, dot dot. Yeah, like <laughs> it has it has plans. It's yeah. it's sentient. So Lana shows up like, what the fuck? There's a crater in your backyard, but she's just kind of <laughs> she's also just like not asking too many questions because you know mm-hmm. she's used to not hearing any answers. And Clark is very much like I bring pain and suffering to everyone's lives, and tells Lana to stay away. And then we see Chloe has made a deal with the devil. Clark wasn't who I thought she, uh, who I thought uh, he was. And yeah, we got. I, I just wrote Chloe is all shadows because they, the way they light her and, like you said, like her hair is and her. Yes, it's makeup. extra sexy at the end here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. The more you talk about the writing, they could have blocked I mean, this out better. Cause, yeah, cause, you know, I mean it's not that it's bad. Yeah, it's that I just enjoyed the first. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed this episode very much, <laughs> yeah. especially when we see the red kryptonite. Uh-huh. Oh my! Like, <laughs> I want a, I want a whole season of the red kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it'd be too much. It'd be like yeah, having a season of right. Angelus. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's better. The. You know, yeah. just a little. But the reason why I was just mentioning the writing one more time is because, you know, mm-hmm. not only that whole weirdness with Helen and Lex, but like Clark goes to the hospital, has this whole terrible thing happen with uh, uh, Martha and Jonathan, goes back to the barn, has this scene with Lana. And the next time we see Clark, he's back at the hospital again. And he's just there to see his mom and, 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 and Jonathan like crying together. And, man, you know, and it's like the last time he saw her, he told his mother that she looked beautiful. It's like, Mm -hmm. god damn it. 
Um, and then Clark is at the torch because he knows that Chloe was doing an investigation and uh, says his dad looked at him like an alien. And Pete says the ring makes him not himself. And Clark says it's exactly who I don't want to be. Um, yeah, he, because, yeah, okay. And he's go, he rummages through the torch because he knows Chloe has one of those rings yep. that she's keeping. And I just thought that was weird. Yeah, well, why did you think it was weird? I'll just ask that. I don't know. Just that they were that they kept one. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very it's a very dangerous thing. It shouldn't just be laying around in a drawer. At Chloe the doesn't know. <laughs> like she, she doesn't, she doesn't know. know. She doesn't know that the red kryptonite affects Clark. Yes, but Clark knew that it was there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he did have Pete bury the green kryptonite. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. I thought it was weird uh, only because I'm a, again, I read a lot of nitpicky trivia things and they're like, why doesn't Clark just x ray the whole room? <laughs> yeah. uh, so we have one, one scene with Lana and uh, Clark says, The Clark you know is a lie. And she tells him that she loves him and he loves her too. He says he loves her too and that's why he has to leave and that's when he puts the ring on. And then. Tells Lana to come with him, which I was like, I, I was like, did does she go with him? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, but uh, she says, Smallville's our home. And he says, not anymore. And zooms away on his motorcycle. And uh, so, and that's another thing. It's given us what we want. They told each other that they loved each other, but they can't be together. Right. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, you can't just have happy couples. That's no fun. Um, <laughs> so. I mean, as far as a finale, it was fa- satisfying because there's cliffhangers. There's. Oh, we haven't talked okay. about the Lex cliffhanger yet. Yeah, okay. What'd you think and of that? Then, I mean, yeah, it's very shocking. Yeah, you know that she she drugged him and that she's killing him by uh, crashing the plane. Maybe, but like, I mean, he definitely just we woke up and we don't know that it's her necessarily. She's gone. The pilots are gone, but he knows Maybe as much as we else do. Did that? Yeah. I Maybe don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. I mean, I also, can't wait. Lionel offered that honeymoon. <laughs> So, yeah, but would Lionel do that? I don't know. Would Lionel kill his own child? Is he that devious? So. But yeah, he did set up, set this whole thing up. <laughs> and there's these weird things about the deleted scenes where Lionel's trying to interrupt things left and right. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you're not really supposed to consider that. Um, last last note I had uh, just watching the episode. Uh, for a guy with no in- inhibitions, Clark is sure driving slowly down that road on the motorcycle. <laughs> He's going about 45. <laughs> and I don't know if you know, this is a whole like visual effects shot where they dropped out like a lot of the horizon and put Metropolis uh, in the yeah. far background, even though it's like allegedly three hours away. <laughs> well, but we didn't know how long he had been on that. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Uh, I have one more thing I can I have to read to you. I think that's all I had to read. 
Oh wait, there was one more thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, okay, let's see. Uh, I'm sorry. Executive producer Greg Beaman, who had also directed the previous season finale, admits he was more concerned about Exodus than Tempest, which was a season one finale. Miles and Al had told me what the beats of the story were a long time before we started, he explains. I was nervous about it to some degree. I was not nervous about Lana's truck being lifted up and Clark flying into the, tor- into the tornado in Tempest. I knew that was going to work, work right away. I wasn't as confident about Clark putting on the red kryptonite ring and riding off to Metropolis. I had to pump myself up that I was going to make this work. I wasn't convinced at all that Clark was going to have so many tr- terrible tragedies happen to him that he would go through such despair he was going that he was going to be driven to put on the red K-ring and leave forever. So, yeah, Greg Beeman had to get himself kind of psyched up so to So even he didn't believe in this episode. <laughs> well, it was more like he's like, "Really would Clark just leave?" you know? But Yeah, he had to talk himself into it. Yeah, but I think by the yeah. end he's probably I mean, I mean, I don't know. It was like choppy or something. Yeah, it just didn't flow. It didn't flow good. M- maybe it's because they packed so much. They packed so much into it. Yeah, yeah. I think they just had some kind of uh, problems with the structure. Of what happens when keeping the timeline straight? I think that's the only thing I really had a problem with. Yeah. Um, best needle drops of the episode. Aqualung's uh, song "Strange and Beautiful" plays as Lana's getting ready for the wedding, and like mentioned before, uh, Matthew Good's song "Weapon" um, that Greg Beeman really liked. I liked it too. So that's it for season two, except we forgot to mention the AOL shorts called the Chloe Chronicles. Did you watch these? I watched some of it. <laughs> it's and 15 I got bored minutes with the long. Second one. I got bored with the second one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you. Okay. Uh, Algo said, uh, we thought it'd be fun to expand on that in, in a way. Nowhere near as technically as well, but the way that the Animatrix movies enhanced what uh, he's saying this at the time What I'm sure will be in the Matrix sequels uh, A fun way to take the mythology And explore it a little further So, I don't know, I just love spending extra time In Chloe, and it's like 15 minutes And it kind of comments, you were probably like Oh shit, they're talking about Earl Jenkins <laughs> <laughs> I had enough of that back in season one I don't think I even got to Earl Jenkins That's the first part She's talking about, well actually is the second part Because the first part's the introduction and uh, Chloe uh, talking to us. Um, I just love, yeah, Chloe talking to us, giving reactions to us. Like, it's an episode of The Office almost. Like, she's interviewing people and then kind of looking back at us, you know? Uh, you know, and, and we're basically the camera guy. We're, we're the, you know, are you, are, you, are you paying attention here? Are, you know, um, but I don't know. It, it just kind of, the story is basically... Um, Turns out that after Earl died, um, Belinda is left with the child to take care of, and um, there's this Doctor Walsh who called to give sympathies. So Chloe goes to track down this doctor, and um, and that doctor I don't know he's, he he apparently was working with Doctor Stephen Hamilton um, about the you know with the meteor rocks and then. There was this other doctor that Chloe gets sent off, and he's a lot more cagey. He's working at a corporation, and uh, I, don't know, I just uh, yeah, he's like, "You're attractive and intelligent. Uh, these pe- these other guys aren't reliable. You better stop with the accusations." Um, 
So um, Chloe had uh, said that she was going to meet up with this other doctor, Dr. Walsh, uh, and show her show him her digital wall of weird because he was kind of in hiding but wanted to work more with her about the meteor rocks and mystery of the meteor rocks. Uh, she finds an empty office. He's gone. And um, uh, there's this envelope waiting for him. I guess he got scared away and it was from the doctor that was working at the corporation and it was like this whole giant envelope of money basically to keep this guy quiet. So Chloe ends up bringing that giant envelope of money to the widow. And uh, and the last little beat of it is uh, the sound of uh, the sun, the baby, like breaking furniture. <laughs> and so Chloe's like, what the... <laughs> So you think there's like another meteor freak? Um, mm. Yeah. So, uh, da, 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 da. I don't but know. yeah, I remember this. This extra web content was all the rage yeah. back a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She and and Allison kind of worked with. Um, the writers about this And it, you know these weren't like this, uh, like It was like the web writers you know And so I don't know they worked on it together It's a fun little thing I don't think I actually watched it in full till now So it's only because I'm like a Super Smallville fan that I had to Had to see what it was all about So There's another Chloe Chronicles next season So uh, <laughs> Let's see if you want to watch that one mm-hmm. it, Again it's like 15 minutes um, Okay so Episode of the week Oh, definitely. Well, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think I like. I don't know if I like the calling better than I liked Exodus. Oh, I like the whole getting ready for the the uh, rehearsal dinner and yeah. Clark and I, Lana I, I, finally no. smooch. Yes, <laughs> but red kryptonite ring. It's <laughs> yeah. hot, hot, hot. <laughs> uh, just you wait. Uh- <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's uh, it's got to be Exodus is uh, episode of the week, and uh, uh, I think it's episode of the season. I mean, I, I yeah, and, and uh, for me, it's kind of followed closely by Rosetta and Insurgents, two episodes I really love. I can't say like which is which, but um, all three episodes just prime Smallville to me. <laughs> Um, are there any other ones that kind of stood out to you as episodes? What do you mean of the season? Yeah. Oh well, definitely red. I think red is my favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's pretty great. I was kind of concentrated on more of the Krypton Krypton stuff than uh, Clark cutting loose. Well, I, I like the charactery stuff more mm-hmm. than I like the. Mythology. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to explain all that to you. <laughs> yeah, as best as I can. I don't know. Uh, least favorite. I, I I wrote down Redux. It's a uh, it's a cut season one episode, like we said before, and it's uh, it involves Martha's dad and Principal Reynolds, who are both like interesting characters that get set up and completely a drop from the series, and it's kind of frustrating. And also, the freak of the week is kind of like. Uh, Buffy's The Witch mixed with Amy mm-hmm. Adams from Craving. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is like oh, I've seen this before, you know. So it wasn't yeah. anything that fun to me. Did, was there one that stood out to you as like your least favorite? 
I did not care for Decotic. Oh, with uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Uh, maybe that's not it. <laughs> Prodigal, Rush. What was Rush? Rush was the return of Red K, so it couldn't possibly be that. That's the one oh, where no, that uh, was fun. Pete and Chloe went, went crazy. <laughs> Suspect. Suspect was good. Skinwalker. Yeah. Ryan was really weak. Oh, oh my heart. Okay. <laughs> So the next thing uh, I, I wanted to keep going at the our end of season episodes are uh, the knockouts. <laughs> so who do you think got knocked out the most this season? <laughs> Jonathan. Jonathan was knocked out. You know, you're right. He's tied <laughs> for most knockouts. He got knocked out. You want to want to guess how many times he got knocked out? <laughs> Six times. Ah, close. Five times. <laughs> he got knocked out in Vortex when the whole thing caved in with Roger Nixon. Um, he got knocked out when uh, he was all hot for uh, Desiree and Clark had to knock him out. Mm. Uh, he got knocked out when he was uh, he was drugged and left in his truck uh, with the yes. alcohol. Uh, that was a good episode. Uh, uh, suspect. Yep. Uh, Stefan Salvatore knocked him out uh, in <laughs> Prodigal, and of course in Exodus he did that truck accident. So do you, uh, you got to guess who who tied with Jonathan for most knockouts? Five. What do you think? Lex. It's Lex. Yes. <laughs> uh, in also in Heat, uh, he seems to pass out after being lit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that how, he got knocked out twice in lineage. Uh, once uh, when uh, uh, Rachel Dunleavy gave him the old shot, of the needle, and the other time when he got uh, knocked out after falling from his chair that he was tied to. In <laughs> uh, witness, Clark knocks him out from behind. <laughs> we forgot to kind of mention that, and of course he was knocked out on the plane in the season finale. Um, so tied for second place are Clark, Clark and Lana. They were both knocked out four times. Actually, oh wait, yeah, Clark and Lana both knocked out four times. Uh, Martha and Pete were knocked out twice. Um, Chloe was knocked out once, and hmm. Lionel Luther, the very first time he's ever been knocked out on Smallville, happened in Suspect when he got shot and fell over the balcony. <laughs> So uh, welcome to the knockout count, Lionel He's got one total um, And I'll say that uh, overall uh, Lex is in the lead With 13 knockouts so far (laughs) He's got to have some head trauma Or at least some some bruising on that bald scalp of his But no Um, And then it's uh, Lana with 11 And let's see Jonathan with eight, Chloe and Clark with six, Martha with four, and Pete with four. That's overall. Anyway, uh, wow. Do you want to do teases? Do you want me to read the episode titles out? Do you want me to read? I, I even have notes from the uh, Comic-Con convention they did, which has more teases in it. <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh, okay, just all of it. All of it? Okay. Well, I'll just start from the top of my notes here. Uh, 10 pages, by the way, listeners. 
Um, uh, okay, so the next episodes we're going to watch is only three, so it works out evenly for the season. Um, and I know it's going to kill you. Only three stuff. Okay. Exile, which is the season premiere. Okay. Phoenix. Because Clark is in exile yep. in, in uh, uh, Metropolis. Okay. Uh-huh. Phoenix. Rising from the ashes. Okay. <laughs> Very. Yeah. And then extinction. Extinction. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Here's the Give me the teases. Here are the teases I wrote down. Uh, okay. These are these are Robin teases. Uh, this was the only season uh, where no main cast changes were made from season to season. So the season three opening credits are the same as season two. Um, and that and that's kind of like a, te- a tease for the entire series. This is the only time that they've gone into a new season and they haven't changed the cast credits. So wow, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so maybe it's almost a tease for the end of the season. Um, okay, so uh, one of the main cast gets Clark's abilities. Is one. Okay, that's exciting. Uh huh. Another main cast member gets a crypto freak ability, like a temporary thing. I'm not saying if it's temporary or not. It could be, okay. uh, you know, like Willow is a witch. Or mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of abilities, Clark develops a new one and also learns a bit more <gasps> about his physiology. Ooh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I have muscles. Uh, <laughs> Another CW star recurs on Smallville, and he's sort of playing another DC superhero? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Huh. Yep. Uh, Some major consequences from past episodes happen, as well as a few returning villains. All right, and the next tease is we go back in time. (laughs) Uh, that's all in these three episodes. No, that's no, no, no. Oh, it's for the season. This is the season. This is my season oh. tease. Oh, I, I apologize. I should. You, you're like, holy shit! My mind is. I know. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> no, this is teases for season three. Wow. Uh, three cast members leave Smallville, and only two return. Dot. 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 <laughs> And uh, the final tease is Clark and Lana enjoy a happy relationship and nothing bad happens. Uh, One of those teases is uh, a lie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, some summer notes here besides the Comic-Con convention. Uh, I just wanted to mention Michael Rosenbaum threw out the first pitch at the Cincinnati Reds game and was introduced to the sounds of Save Me, which I'm sure he loved. Uh, Good for him. Because <laughs> he likes baseball. Yeah. Uh, so at the 2000. 2000- more than that, he likes hockey. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> at the 2003 San Diego Comic Con, can you imagine what it was like back then? <laughs> 2003. I bet. I bet you could get a room. <sighs> easy as pie. Didn't have to worry yeah. about nothing. He like didn't there- have to get there at the crack of dawn. Uh, so little lines. Yeah. It was like a regular amount of people. <laughs> the Smallville uh, panel had Allison Mack, Sam Jones III, Alan Miles, Jeff Loeb, and Mark Verheiden. Uh, the highlights from it I wrote down. 
Wait, no Tom Willing? No Tom. As a matter of fact, uh, oh. the well, he was waiting for me. I believe the first time he ever showed up at Comic-Con was for the last season, and it was for me to interview him, obviously. Oh. Or talk to him for a few brief seconds and sputter out a few things. Uh, like an idiot. Okay. Um, <laughs> some notes from the convention uh, panel. Uh, there's, they said there is clamoring for more Pete, more Pete. And uh, Miles Millar tells us that we may see Pete's family this year. Um, Allison Mack says she's hopeful for more screen time in the third season. She described it as season one being the setup with Clark and Lex, season two being focused on the second tier, being Lana and the parents, and then season three will hopefully fe- feature uh, her and Pete. Uh, I think there's a good bit of Chloe. Yeah, yeah, I think there is. I think she just wants more. <laughs> uh, they say we may see Lois Lane at some point, but not this season. <laughs> uh, when asked if Clark will fly this season, Al go uh, screamed, no flying, after which Allison quipped, no flights, no tights. <laughs> Uh, I guess there was some question uh, with Terrence Stamp voicing uh, the will of Jarrell. Uh, some people were theorizing that since uh, we can't imagine Jarrell telling Clark to take over the Earth, uh, then maybe it's a hint that the guy who played Zod is voicing Jarrell. Uh, they said to the people at uh, San Diego Comic Con that the voice is not Zod. So mm. they wanted to make sure it's that just was some imaginative casting. Yeah, it's just Terrence Stamp. Allison promised, quote, very interesting things, uh, unquote, will come with the Chloe Lionel storyline, uh, and they won't be without consequences. Uh, another appearance by Christopher Reeve as Dr. Swan is dependent on scheduling, as they would have to be shooting in New York again. Um, they mentioned that part of the deal regarding Smallville versus a Superman movie is that the powers that be, uh, they, they can't introduce more Kryptonians, which is why Jarrell is heard, but not seen. Wait, what? Well, you know, there's whole, all sorts of licensing, you know, with WB and all their properties and they're trying to get a Superman movie, getting off, uh, get that um, off the ground. They can't introduce more Kryptonians. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, Allison said she's open to a Chloe Chronicle sequel. Spoiler she gets one. Uh, <laughs> uh, someone asked why Pete never gets any play, <laughs> to which one of the producers quipped, Pete gets no action on screen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they teased that season five might follow the characters to college. Uh, and they, they, they revealed their top five Smallville moments as chosen by the producers. They were number five, the Nicodemus pool scene. Of course, the, the Lana striptease there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number four is the insurgent's leap from building to building. Number three is Lex's hourglass prophecy from uh, Cassandra. Number two is Clark meets Dr. Swan in Rosetta. And number one, they said, is the meteor shower. Nice. That was their top fives. Oh, my God. I only have two bits of trivia left for you. Number one is Drew Z. Greenberg joins the writing room. <gasps> What? The guy from Buffy, whose episodes yeah. included Smashed, Older and Far Away, Entropy, Him, The Killer and Me, and Empty Places, is now a Smallville writer. All right. Yeah. 
and Smallville moves from Tuesdays at 9 p.m. to Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. And um, if only I was watching at this time, I'd be so happy because it would be a Smallville Angel Night. (laughs) Uh, Smallville is competing against this season on ABC, My Wife and Kids, and It's All Relative. On CBS, 60 Minutes Wednesday, all these memorable shows. Uh, On NBC, Ed. On Fox, That 70s Show and A Minute with Stan Hooper. And on the UPN, uh, Star Trek Enterprise. So that's all that's competing against them. And, uh, yeah, now that we've been recording for two hours, the episode will definitely not be two hours uh, because there's a lot of empty space I'll be taking out (laughs) Phone calls. Phone calls, kids. Uh, Hopefully you guys don't hear much of it. Dogs, yeah. Uh, I'll just say have a happy season three, but only three episodes, okay? Okay, stop at three. Okay. What happened ahead. last time? <laughs> you were like, I'm an episode ahead. Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, anything to say before we go? No, I'm ready to go watch season three. Yeah. I don't even know how these cliffhangers end. Get ready for Dark Clark. Okay, uh, uh, we'll see you guys next time on We Don't Want to Wait. Bye. Bye.